We went through those seven pointers to effective communication. Number one was set a time. You don't set a time to communicate, it'll just slide away and it'll never happen. Talk spiritual things, deep things, try and get past the surface. And then number three was planning together. Take some time to plan. Make sure you're on the same page. Number four was no dumping. Remember we talked about, you know, the husband and the wife or the boyfriend and the girlfriend, they get together and the first thing that happens is one of them will dump all their woes onto the other one and overwhelm them. Don't dump. Number five was learn to listen. Number six was focus on the good. And number seven was reminding us of that sacred circle around every marriage. Keep your secrets at home. Don't spread them around. But tonight I want to look at judging and how we tend to do that in any kind of relationship, but especially as we get to know each other. It is in December that my family and another family, we go over to Spokane, Washington to listen to Handel's Messiah. Any of you know that piece of music? That's about two and a half hours. It's just wonderful. I love it. And we go over there to listen to it. And because it's December time, my wife and the other family that's with us, we take an opportunity to do a bit of shopping. Got more stores over there than we have in Kalispell. So my wife, she went into the, the Christian bookstore, the outlet bookstore. You know, when you go to an outlet store, you can save lots of money. Well, that's what she tells me anyway. So she goes in and says, oh, and we were somewhere else. What did you get? And she said, oh, just a few bits and pieces. Okay, well, nothing she wanted to tell me about anyway. So she gives me all the receipts because I do our family finances. And when I get the visa bill, Christian Bookstore, Spokane, $80. Just a few bits and pieces, $80. So I said to her, what are you doing? We haven't got that kind of money just to spend in the bookstore on bits and pieces, $80. And she says, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You don't have to figure out all these bills. (laughs) So in my mind, I'd immediately judged the situation that she was being frivolous, buying things that she didn't need. All the worst things were going through my mind. Do any of you men ever do that? Any of you wives ever do that? I can see the smiles on your face. I take a smile to be a recognition as a yes. Okay, so if you want to stay serious. Well, my birthday is in January. Come January, I opened my birthday present, and here was this family Bible. It was a Thomas Kincaid family Bible. You know, it had beautiful paintings in there. It's something I'd said to my wife about a year before when we were in California and we saw one. It was $120. I said, I'd really like to get that one day. Well, she saw it in this Christian bookstore for $60. So she bought it. That's why she didn't want to tell me. But so often, I mean, that's just a a little example, but it gets more serious, doesn't it? We start judging each other, putting the worst reflection on each other. You know, if we want to get victory over judging, Romans 12, 21 tells us we need to overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. So what we want to do is have a look at probably one of the most famous verses in all the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13. You know that one, huh? 1 Corinthians 13. What do we often call 1 Corinthians 13? The love chapter. Is love important? 
Is there, is there a real love and a kind of a common love? Oh, yes. Let's have a look and see what 1 Corinthians 13 says. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. That's what it says in the King James. But you know that word charity, we often say love. But it's not just a sentimental love. It's not just, I love my dog. Or... I love hot dogs. It's not that kind of love, obviously. It's the original Greek is agape. It's the kind of love that is between God and his son. Let's bear that in mind as we carry on. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You've read these before. And though I have the gift of prophecy. Now, I want you to notice, and I hope it's this way in the seminar Bible. Do you see the gift of is in italics. You see that? It's in a slanted font. Does that mean that the Bible writer is trying to emphasize that part of the Bible? You know, like when you read in a magazine, it says, you know, italics or bold, it's trying to shout it. But that's not what it means in the Bible. When it's in italics, that means that those words were never there in the original Greek language. They're supplied words. They're words that have been added in to make it make sense when you transfer from one language to the other. So I remember we were studying the Bible with a lady one time, and she she always took notice of what was in italics. And actually, that wasn't even there in the original language. So just remember here, it says, though I have, we miss out the gift of, we could there, though I have prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, that's mountains of difficulty, have you enjoyed the prophecy seminars we've been having? Amen. Would, if you could stand up here, like Lowell has been doing, and just do all of that, and you had the faith that could move any difficulty, any mountain out of your life, you think you'd be a pretty good Christian, wouldn't you? But that's not what it says. But if we have not love, I am nothing. It's the motive. What is it that's the real reason for what we do? And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor... And though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. If we do the right things for the wrong reasons, it profits us nothing. You know, some people can do amazing things for the wrong reasons. You might know what I speak of. But let's carry on. Let's have a look at how to overcome that judgmental spirit in the rest of 1 Corinthians 13. It says there that charity or love suffers long. Is that what marriage is? Is it just one big, long suffering? Is that what it means here? It means to be patient. Let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, James tells us. When we're in communication, when we're just in everyday life at home or in any kind of relationship, be slow to speak and quick to listen. It's when we jump right in, when we finish the sentence for the other person, when we try and answer them back before they finish what they're saying. It says here, love suffers long. It's patient. And is kind. Is, is that a hard thing to understand, kindness? You know, I asked my daughter when she was seven years of old age, I said, tell me what kindness is. And she, I forget what she said now, but she knew what it was. I'd never explained it to her, but just intuitively we know what kindness is. You know, in our house we have a, uh, 
my son thought of this. It's a sunshine love box. It's a little heart-shaped box, similar to what you might buy at Valentine's. And these little foam hearts. And any time anybody in the house does something kind, parents included, but it's mainly for the children, they take a little love and they put it in the box. And when the box gets full, we do something special. Well, I was having my prayers one morning by our wood stove. And you know, even though you've got your eyes closed, somehow you can sense that somebody's right next to you. Well, I was having my prayers and I could sense that somebody was right there standing over me. So I opened my eyes and there was my little boy. The biggest smile on his face. Just, he was proud of himself. And I said, yes, Caleb? He says, can I put a love in the box? I said, well, what have you done? He says... I made Hannah's bed. Hannah's his sister. He was coming out of his bedroom. I just taught him how to make his bed. He was coming out of his bedroom. He saw that Hannah's bed wasn't made, so he went and made it. That's kindness. Did I have to tell him that was kindness? He knew that. You know what kindness is, but oftentimes we just don't take the time to do those little kindnesses for our spouse or for somebody else that we love. Just making the bed. Nothing big. Just washing the car. Maybe a rose, whatever it is, just something. I'm going to talk a little bit, to, not tomorrow, when are we next together? Tuesday. I'm going to talk a little bit about how those little things can grow into huge things. That's not tonight. Let's carry on. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 4. Suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaught not itself, is not puffed up. So often, we talk about our own things. Instead of taking an interest in somebody else, we get home and we want, to, we want them to know about what I've been doing. How about having that brain transplant where we start thinking about other people? So what was your day? What happened with you? How did it go? How are the children? We've got we to gotta think outside of our own little box if we want to have a, a good marriage. Let's carry on in verse 6. It says... <clears throat> does not behave itself unseemly. That means it's not rude. Love is not rude or discourteous. Seeketh not her own. That brings us back to that war and self. You know, when we seek our own, our own way, our own things in the marriage, it just goes down, doesn't it? When we, if we could have everything we wanted, if we could get our own way, We wouldn't be any happier. We'd be worse off, I think. It's when we give that the real joy comes back. And that works especially in the marriage. You try it. You try giving to your spouse, and you'll find that you feel happier than when you get your own way. But it takes a death to self. The Bible tells us that real love seeks not her own. Is not easily provoked. Doesn't get upset at the slightest little thing, or even the big things. And thinks no evil. Doesn't keep score. How many of you keep score? It's very easy to do. Doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Thinks no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. You know the rest of the verse. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And then the Bible tells us that real love, love like God and his Son have, Love like he wants us to have in our marriage, it never fails. It's a step of faith because it means dying to self. It means 
giving up your things and putting all your energies into making your spouse happy. Try it. You'll be a lot happier. You know, what we've been talking about really is the the life of Christ. When Christ came down to this earth, what was his mission? Was his mission to let everybody know that he was the Messiah? Was that really his mission? His mission was to serve others, wasn't it? He just gave and he gave and he gave and he gave. Did he receive any reward? Yes. We will too. We need our selfish brains taken out and we need, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, the Bible tells us. We need Christ's mind, his mind that thinks about other people instead of all the things I want. So try it in your marriage relationship or in your close relationships with your children, your sister, your brother, your parents. Try just giving. When it comes down to whose way is going to be best, give way and try giving and you'll be rewarded abundantly. Choose to connect with God. Choose to die to self and then choose to live that new life in Christ. And then you won't be judging. You'll be giving. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.